Hello and welcome to Dowdy, the podcast where me, Mariana Feijó, talk to my guests about the concept of bravery, or braveness, even just the moments where folks have been slightly out of their comfort zones. Ooh, baby! Welcome to another episode of Dowdy. You're correct. I am trying to emulate other podcast hosts. I am usually very disappointed by the way I start my episodes, so I decided to attempt some of my favorite podcast hosts. They're, they're, most of them are more than podcast hosts, hosts, but I'm trying to emulate the way they start their podcasts, and I will be doing that for the um, next few episodes. I'm not going to make you guess who I'm trying to emulate here. This was an attempt to start the podcast as Nicole Byer starts uh, Why Won't You Date Me. I failed. Uh... <laughs> Also, to, 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 to be fair, I usually listen to podcasts on 1.7 speed and I've just tried to do it at one time speed and I, I'm not sure. I can't, I, I, I can't be sure if that's the way it sounds usually when I listen to her or it's not the way it sounds when I listen to her because I'm listening in 1.7 speed, but I'm assuming most people listen to podcasts at, at the normal speed and I'm just odd, which... I guess I am. There is not much else I have to tell you in this intro, besides the fact that some some point during this period of coronavirus uncertainty, I've lost my ability to do admin. I still do like admin for work and stuff, but I, I think I'm known in many circles as uh, an admin whiz. And I feel like I've lost a little bit of impetus to do admin, which means that for this podcast, I stopped booking people to do recordings because I was like, I had a few episodes in, in the bag. So the past week I have was panic booking people and I've recorded three episodes in the past few days and I have a, a lot more now booked in in the month of October. So like, I'm good and I'm going to try and keep booking people in so I don't panic again. In this episode, we talk about asking for help being a, a brave thing. That's something I very rarely do. And that's something I'm not doing with this podcast. I'm producing the podcast myself, editing the podcast myself. I've done almost everything to do with this podcast. The logo, all the promotional materials. The only thing I didn't do, and I do thank him at the end of every episode, but you may not be listening to it all until the end of the podcast so I'm going to thank him for once at the start of the podcast um the only thing I didn't do was the intro and outro music which is the same uh jingle and that was composed by Champanant who's great at everything and that's one of the things he does he, he does jingles for stuff and composes music for stuff so you know just like know that there's another skill you can rely on Champanant uh, for. Uh, and I, I, I thank him uh, a lot uh, for my intro music, which I love. And that's about it. That's what I have to tell you on this intro today. And you know what? The episode starts as it always starts with my guest, Megan Harris, introducing herself. So my name is Megan Harris. I am, I have many jobs, but um, my main ones are I am an actor, writer, producer, slash improviser. I call myself a slasher. And yeah, my pronouns are she, her, and that's me. Great. I, I love the slasher. <laughs> it reminds me of like uh, horror movies, but still, even if that's where people go, I think it's great to be a slasher. I watched, um, what's it called? Like, um... That big fat quiz of the year. And they said the term is actually a slashy. But I've been calling myself a slasher for ages. And I just prefer that. Like a slashy. Sounds a bit like a slushy. Like, don't want to drink my jobs. Like, I'm good. I like slasher better than hyphen. Yeah. Because they usually say it's like a hyphenated. You have one of those hyphenated professions. Or a portfolio <laughs> career. <laughs> I hate those terms. Just, uh, then I, I tried for a while. I said I was an, like an artist or a creative. They're like, ooh, so like unspecific. What really do you do? And I'm like, oh, 
Well, I just do lots of things. That's my answer. <laughs> That's true. And that reminds me of what's been happening in the last 24 hours <laughs> uh, after Rishi Sunak asked people to retrain and everyone is doing the, the yeah. quiz on the government's website to know what to retrain as. Yeah, mine said I should be an actor. And I'm like, oh my God, no way. I never would have guessed I should be an actor after training, um, like doing it since I was nine years old and then also training in New York for two years. Oh my Oh my god like a revelation yeah, i think it's a very like vague uh quiz <laughs> i think it's the problem and it doesn't ask you what you are trained as yeah what do you do it doesn't tell <laughs> and you I, like about yeah I, I got scaffolder as well ah. and i think it was because when they asked are you good in building things with your hands or making things with your hands i thought i knit i built my ikea furniture yes I feel well like done. scaffolding requires more strength. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, they didn't say, are you strong? They said, are you good with your hands? Yeah, I also got boxer. I Also, I feel like I got every profession under the <laughs> sun. Which, good. Yeah. It's My just... friend said she didn't like numbers and she got accountant or something like that. <laughs> They're like, well, everything else is pointing us to accountant. So get used to the numbers because that's your profession. <laughs> I'm just supposed to be an actor according to the new scheme and I already am. And you're like uh, <laughs> uh, having a lot of jobs in this period in time. So, yeah. yeah, absolutely. No, yeah, just to keep us like creative and busy. Like one of my um, good friends, we started a showreel club. So um, mm. every month or so, we're just filming some stuff for our new showreels and stuff. She's more, I'm more of a theatery person and she's more of a filmy person so I feel bad but she's kind of in charge of like all of the details and everything and then I'm just like I wrote some stuff I've got some people to do the scenes with me yeah that's me that's that's great you're both like uh giving stuff to the project I guess that's yeah, great how would you define bravery bravery I actually looked it up because <laughs> I was just like I was just like before I looked it up I was like it's just like courage isn't it like and then I was like, well, that doesn't really give a description, does it? It's just another word. So I was just like, um, it's kind of doing something that you don't necessarily have the impulse to do, but you know it's the right thing. That's how I kind of think of it. It is courage. That is what I think it is. And it says whether like doing it or a character. And I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, it can be like bravery can be part of your character, I guess. Yeah. yeah. I feel like my, my definition keeps switching since I've started <laughs> this podcast. So I'm very confused at this point in time. But yeah, you've looked it up. So that's <laughs> correct. I <laughs> mean, it was one of the many dictionaries. I'm sure all the dictionaries have a slight little tweak on what their definition is. And if they don't, I will send them my podcast for them to update all the definitions. Please do. It'll for... be like a Beyonce Beautylicious, where like her word was added because the first person that used it was Beyonce. Yeah. Bootylicious, cool. I, I use that sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know it was in the dictionary. <laughs> yeah, it was like, I can't remember what year, but one year they were doing like the whole new words in the dictionary and one of them was bootylicious. And then you're just like, yeah. Beyonce should be the one to add a new word to a dictionary out of all the pop yeah, artists. For sure. <laughs> I've asked you to think of moments in your life in which you have been brave. Have you mm -hmm. thought about them? Yes, I have. I'm an overachiever. <laughs> I have a few. So I think in the general sense... The times that I've been most brave, like they kind of like are specific to me. Um, I think asking for help in my sense is very brave. Oh, yes. <laughs> because sometimes you think you're going to be a bother and you think, oh no, I can do this by myself, it's fine. But I think actually asking for help and admitting, you know what, like I'm not someone that can do absolutely everything by myself, that takes a lot of bravery. And also sticking up for myself. So you know my, me, Mariana. I'm not necessarily quiet. Um, <laughs> that is not a word that would necessarily be used to describe me. But like when coming like to confrontation, I am like the least confrontational person ever. I hate it. And that's something I've, as I've grown up, I've had to try and get better at. Because, well, yeah, there will be some situations where you have to confront someone and when I actually have confronted someone that's when I think I've been quite brave but I do have some other situations very specifically where I have been brave as well yeah, that's that's good I think like asking for help is a huge one because yeah I hate asking for help help as well and I have some like friends that will tell me I'll just ask for help just yeah. ask and, no it's so hard yeah <laughs> so, absolutely yeah, like I think when I the 
times that I've been brave asking for help wise, I think it's been when I've been at my charity. So I um, volunteer at a charity called the Glanfield Children's Group. And every year we take kids with disabilities and life limiting conditions on holiday for a week. And their parents can either come with us or they can stay at home and relax. And obviously you become the parental like figure in those circumstances. So each year, the more I've done it, the more I've realised it's totally okay to ask help. Well, ask for help. The first couple of years, um, the first year actually, I was looking after three lovely boys. One was six, one was three and one was two. And the oldest and the youngest had six cystic fibrosis Mm -hmm. so in terms of actual like on the spectrum of like what their needs are they didn't have that many medical needs you just needed to help with the physio but apart from that like they didn't have that many things Mm -hmm. that you needed to do for them however with people with cystic fibrosis like basically it's just really thick mucus in the lungs and everywhere and that kind of causes a lot of issues but the healthier and fitter they are the longer they live so they were the fittest boys I've ever met in my entire life and like they were so fast there were some moments where there was a lot of us caring for these boys there were like four of us helpers with them but one of them was like head of music so he wasn't with us lots one of them was looking after another child and then it got to a point where it was just me with these three boys and the mum was just talking to someone else and the three boys were running towards this like river with a 20 foot Mm -hmm. drop And I grabbed like the six-year-old and the three-year-old and then the two-year-old was still running and I like almost had a breakdown because I was like, I can't get another one. I only have two hands. (laughs) But then after that and like as I progressed and looked after kids with like more severe needs, I've realised it's totally okay to ask for help because like I think especially in those situations, you see that everyone else is caring for someone else. But the big thing with our charity is there's different types of being drained Like you can be mentally drained, you can be physically drained. So what I've kind of realised is you can kind of do a swap around. So I can look after someone that's more like mentally draining instead of physically draining. Because the girl I tend to look after at the moment, she's very active. It's just a lot of physical wearing out. And also she doesn't sleep a lot. So it's more just like... So you don't get to rest. Exactly. And also like it's totally okay to not even swap with someone and just say, I need a nap. Can you look after her for like four hours? And yeah, I think it's a lot better now that I've realised it's totally okay for me to just go, I need a break and go. Yeah. When you do go with them, away with them, how long usually do you stay away? For about seven or eight days. But now the girl that I've tended to look after, I actually am a part-time carer for her now back in England. So I do see her a lot more often than just the week away every year. Yeah, that's nice. So you get you get to like have a relationship with the kids as well. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, it's a lot of fun. Like I think, yeah, it's just nice really. Because um, you see like... Some people have like kind of sad backstories I won't go into detail now of because I don't know if I can share them. But for instance, the girl I look after, she has two other siblings and because she just basically needs a lot of supervision because like everything's a danger and she's nonverbal just to give her parents time to like work because <laughs> they both work yeah. and also spend time with the kids or the other kids and not have to watch the girl I look after all the time. It makes you feel good. And also... The girl I look after, she's always happy. So that's nice. Yeah, she never it makes has you a... feel good as well. Exactly, it makes you feel good knowing that you're helping out. And yeah, I just can't ever do an office job. So, and you can never <laughs> predict what she's going to do. You can, you never have the same day with um, the girl I look after. So yeah, it's the type of job I enjoy. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, and you have to be like on your feet and stuff. Not on your feet like standing up, but like you know. Am I using the correct yeah. expression? You need to be like fast and think fast and be like exactly. be creative. Yeah, it's made me a better improviser, I think. Because yeah. yeah, I think also I don't know. I'm not a parent, but I think becoming a parent must make you a better improviser because you have to try and predict what you have to work off them. But I think it's the same in a way, but obviously on a much smaller scale, looking after or caring for someone. Because yeah, you can't predict what they're going to do. Especially yeah. when they're non-verbal and they can't tell you 
what they're going to do. So you have to kind of take it off their physical cues mm -hmm. and their non-verbal cues, what you think they may or may not do next. True. I This experience is not with a non-verbal kid, but he was he, he didn't verbalize what was happening to him <laughs> at the time. I was once with uh, my niece's birthday. I, I don't know, she turned five or six, so she was small. And I was helping my sister taking care of the uh, all the kids that were in the house running around. My my most uh, frequent activity because my sister has like my niece has like a, a swing in her room, and my most frequent activity during that birthday was putting people on the swing, kids on the swing, taking them off the swing, putting another <laughs> one on the swing, and taking them off the swing. But this particular boy asked me to tie his shoelaces, and I did, and he just started crying. But like, and I'm like, am I hurting you? And you like nodded saying no. Uh, <laughs> what's what's wrong? What's wrong? And I wouldn't say. And then I just didn't tie it the way his mom did. Oh. <laughs> But it took like a while to understand what was happening. And he was just crying. And I'm like, I, 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 I can't do this. I'm not good <laughs> with kids. <laughs> I mean, I... I mean, not to blow my own trumpet, even though I play the trumpet. I am good with kids, but I still do have those moments where, like, I just can't predict what the girl I look after wants. And it stresses me out because I'm like, oh, I'm a shit carer. I don't know what she wants. Like, she's just bringing my hand to the TV. But normally she wants me to change the channel. She brings my hand to the remote. And then I change the channel just in case she's brought um, my hand to the TV for a specific reason. And then she doesn't want that. But yeah. I still have my moments, even when I'm caring for or looking after or babysitting other kids. So you're not alone. Maybe you are good. You're good with kids, Mariana. You just <laughs> have, to have, have the to confidence. Say, I, I was very good with my niece when she was growing up. So yeah, but I, that's also like getting to know the kids you're taking care of. It's easier yeah. to know what to do with a kid that you know rather than a kid that you're seeing, seeing for yeah. the first time. Absolutely. Yeah. Do you have any like specific occasion in which we, you had to stand up for yourself that you were very brave at? <laughs> yes, but they're like the stupidest stories <laughs> ever. <laughs> That's what we want, stupid stories. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I was in second year of my acting school and we were doing our graduation show. And Funnily enough, I was living with two other people at the time and one of them um, used to stay with her boyfriend a lot. Um, and one day we came in for the first table read of this new show. So it was the first day, first rehearsal, all that stuff. And I look at her and she's wearing my glasses, What? like my sunglasses. But I didn't say anything to start with because everyone else was there. But I was just looking and I was like, they're definitely my sunglasses. And like these weren't just like any normal sunglasses. These were like, these were like one of my first ever pair of designer glasses that I got with my best friend. So they were matching. So I was like, they're definitely mine. And I was just thinking it all throughout the table read because she had them on top of her head. And then everyone went to the toilet in our break. And I said, let's call her Sarah. Let's call her Sarah. I said, um, Sarah, are those my sunglasses? And she was like, no, babe, no. <laughs> like, they're definitely mine. Like, yours just must look like these. Um, I got these from Topshop. And I was thinking, they're not from Topshop, they're from Christian Dior, and they have a CD on the side. But I didn't say that, because, like, I was very unconfrontational at the time. And also, like, what do you say to someone that says, no, they're mine? Yeah. So I just ignored it, knowing full well that they are definitely mine. And I was like, well, okay. And that was the conversation. But then for the next five weeks, she would wear them all the time, and I'd just be looking like, they're my sunglasses, they're my sunglasses, they're my sunglasses, and would say nothing. And then finally... At, I think it was the weekend before we did our show, she came in with the sunglasses and she was leaving rehearsal early. Bearing in mind, I told my other roommate that they're definitely my sunglasses and he would always laugh when she would wear them <laughs> because he knew they were also mine as well. So one day she had to leave early and then we were still rehearsing. But this scene I wasn't in, so I was just watching in the seats. And then I just said to the others, I was like, I'm going to do it. And then I ran out and I was like, Sarah, Sarah, wait. I was like, Sarah, are those my sunglasses? And she was just like, no, babe, I definitely don't think they are. And I was like, um, really? Because they say like CD on the side, as in Christian Dior. And she was like, oh, babe, I'm so sorry. 
and mine just look exactly like these. And then like the day after she came in <laughs> and her sunglasses were like completely different. She was like, these are the ones. They just look so similar. And I was like, no, they don't. They like are sort of the same shape-ish, but mine was silver and hers were brown. And I was like, but yeah, that took, for me, for t- how old was I? I was like either 19 or 20. For 19 or 20 year old Megan, that was extremely brave. Because that confrontation, after the first one, even the first one saying, are those my sunglasses, took a lot. But like saying it again and saying, no, they are, took so much bravery for me. Um, yeah, and you like, you took time to go and do it a second time. I literally. Like that. It was just adrenaline. I was just like, they're mine. And then I told my fr- um, best friend who um, did first year with us, but then she moved back to Mexico after because she wanted to do some other things in Mexico. And she was also in it. Well, she is. I, I think she's still in it. She's in a soap opera in Mexico. Mm-hmm. So she had to go back and film some stuff and do some other things in there, which is fair enough. But yeah, I told her about it and she was like, oh, glasses. But yeah, that took so much bravery for me. <laughs> that reminds me like of a story. It's not like the same, but it's uh, it involves glasses. And uh, my first year in u- at uni, I was sharing a house with people, uh, and I wear glasses, but I also wear contact lenses. And I usually leave my glasses on the toilet, and I put my glasses, my contacts on, and I, my glasses stay in the toilet. And I had at the time black uh, rimmed glasses, and one of my flatmates also had black rimmed glasses. And one day she just like was showering, and she got out of the shower. And panicked somehow because she had gone blind. Because <laughs> she didn't see anything and she just grabbed the first glasses she could. <laughs> and I'm way less blind than her. So she put my glasses on and thought she had completely lost her vision from the moment she went in the shower to the moment she left the shower. <laughs> just like, wow. And she had to, like, other people had to tell her no. Those aren't your glasses. That's why you're not seeing. She didn't. Like, I couldn't to see my glasses. I couldn't yeah. see them. How would I know? Yeah, they were si- they were similar. Uh, but yeah, it's fu- I I find it funny that some people uh, that sometimes people just jump to a conclusion that's like the worst case scenario. I also had a friend <laughs> at the first year of uni that was living in um. Because in the place where I studied, there were a lot of like nuns' houses that rented out rooms for students. So they had like uh, parts of the house of the convent or whatever you call it that were rooms for people studying at the university. Sorry, wait. Let's go back to this. You, yes. Your university accommodation was a convent. It wasn't like a convent, but it's like a pl- the place where the nuns live. Right. Okay. <laughs> they they were like private, uh, privately rented out to students i did live in one as well there were like three or four of that sort of accommodation in the it's like a university city and also there's a lot of catholic (laughs) things happening and i guess in other times there will be more nuns that will just use the whole place even though like in the 70s when my mom went to uni she lived in a nun's house as well, in the same one. I I only lived there for a month because I couldn't take the nuns. I was going to say, uh, like, did you have to stay more quiet because there were nuns? Would the nuns, like, come and knock on your door and be like, be quiet, we're praying or something? They wouldn't because they were, like, in my one, they, there was, like, the nuns bit was separated from the students bit and there was like their door was always locked and we couldn't go to the other side we did have like a curfew we had to tell them if we weren't coming in for lunch and that like I never had that growing up so that that month was horrible for me because I couldn't I couldn't I couldn't deal with it it's my first month at uni everyone is out partying and getting drunk and I need to be home by midnight what yeah but my friend lived in another one and her room was right above the chapel. So the first time she woke, th- woke up there on a Sunday, she heard like choruses and she looked and she only, she opened her eyes and she saw white and she thought, her first thought was, I died. <laughs> but she was just looking at a wall. Oh my God. <laughs> and living on top of the, chor- of the chapel. So yeah, but I find it like a very fun uh Worst case scenario thing. <gasps> I'm hearing choruses and everything is white. I'm 
I'm dead. Dead. <laughs> <laughs> Although I will say, I, I've i never been religious in the slightest, but I went to a Catholic school. I That is one of the things I miss about going to church because we had to go to church like all the time at Catholic school, especially when I went boarding. I love like the music. I yeah. love the sort of like choruses and like gospel. I do love gospel choir as well, but like classical songs, like Mozart's Requiem and stuff. And yeah, I feel like it's kind of transferred through life. Because I, I don't remember, I can't remember what I was doing, but I had to sing something in Latin. But because I went to Catholic school and a lot of the songs that we would sing in like the church choir or whatever were sort of in Latin. Yeah. And like all of the older ladies was like, all the other girls your age don't know how to pronounce any of these words. How do you know this? And I was like, Catholic school. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. That's something you can boast about. I went to Catholic school. <laughs> yeah. So the charity that I work for, the Glamford Children's Street, technically it's a Catholic charity and we go to Lourdes every year. Although like quite a lot of us aren't religious. We just do it because we like to help. We do this procession and we say the Hail Mary in different languages. And when we were learning languages at school, we had to say the prayers in that language because before every lesson you would have to pray. That's how Catholic. Our school was the oldest Catholic school in England. So it's like proper old fashioned. And like when we were going round and it would go in French, I'd be like, je vous salue Marie Plain. And they'd be like, how do you know it? And everyone, they're like, do, are you fluent in like all of these languages? And I'm like, yeah, sure. But it's literally like, no, we had to say that at the beginning of every single class. I so like I that you can say, I, I know how to pray in every <laughs> language. <laughs> literally, I know it in French, in Spanish. Yeah, That's a good skill. You should, they should ask about that in the government's uh, questionnaire. Yeah. Clearly I should be a French. You can be a priest or a yeah. pastor. <laughs> exactly. I'm not sure uh, many people would like my sermons. So they'd be like... So, <laughs> I don't agree. <laughs> you said you had more stupid moments in which you have stood up for people. Um, I, I'm, I not, think... I'm not adjectivizing them, you did. <laughs> um, what's another time? I think that's my main, most like embarrassing mm -hmm. one. But I do have other stories of when I was brave. So this one's a more actual bravery story instead of just like a more me specific one. Mm -hmm. Here's me showing my privilege. But um, also, so I'll just start the story and then you'll see why I said that. But um, basically, when I was younger, at my extremely Catholic school, they made all of the people in year nine do CCF. Do you know what that is? It's like the cadet force. Um, so mm. basically, they do like a mini army thing. So you can choose to be like part of the RAS division or like the army division of the cadet force. And basically, they just teach you how to do like the things and they would give you like school trips and stuff that were like extremely subsidized by the army, which was great. And one of the trips that you could do was to go to Egypt and to go scuba diving because scuba diving is something you can do with the army. But like it was extremely subsidized. So normally it would cost like thousands upon thousands but because the army were helping us to try and show us how cool the army were um it wasn't as expensive so basically um the first year i did it we stood at a hotel but then some of the older kids snuck out and went to like a shisha bar so then they did it where we had to stay on a boat for the whole seven days but yeah it was really fun like and also i think i definitely took it for granted that i got to go to egypt and scuba dive for a week on a boat I would love to do that again now. And like we got to do like shipwreck dives and stuff. Like all these like ridiculously amazing things I 100% took for granted when I was younger. But anyway. So one of the dives, you would also get your paddy certificate when you did it. So the first year I got my open water one and the second year I got my deep water one. And with open water, you can only go to a depth of, I think, 20 meters. And deep water, obviously, you can go deeper. So it was my second year going and we were doing our descent for the first proper deep water one and when you're scuba diving you have to have a partner so you look each other in the eye and as you scuba dive you just like go down slowly together looking at each other just in case anything happens but my partner did not do this this time so we were about I would say 25 meters underwater and um, my tank exploded <gasps> so <laughs> I think I didn't put the nozzle on right so all of the air rushed out of my tank But the thing is, you're Shit. 25 meters underwater. And if you just swim up to the top by yourself, your lungs would probably explode. 
um because you yeah. had to go slowly so I was just like shit and my partner was still going down because she just thought oh Megan's being slow but no that's the whole reason you do it so she's still going down and I'm just like stuck just like shit if I let any more out of my thing I don't know how I'm gonna get up um so she's like at knee height at the moment so I kick her in the face because <laughs> she's not looking at me and I could die um and then she looks at me like I didn't kick her that hard I just like gave her a yeah. nudge in the face and I'm going like I'm out of air and like doing the signal that we get taught and she's like oh so she gives me her backup um mouthpiece mm-hmm. and then we get to the bottom and our instructor looks at us and he kind of freaks out just like like, obviously, he can't speak to you because you're underwater. But he's, like, gesturing, yeah. like, what happened? What happened? And then I was saying, like, I'm out there. I'm out there. <laughs> so we had to do an emergency ascent. And he was like, what happened? I was like, I don't know. Like, just um, behind me where the nozzle is that reaches my tank, like, it just exploded. And then all the air went out. And I had no air. <laughs> he was like, oh, my God, are you okay? Is everything okay? And I was like, yeah, it's fine. So I think in that exact moment where it happened and all of the air went out, I think I was quite brave not to panic, just like, because I thought if I panic, I'm going to run out of the very little air I have left. Yeah. So I need to be calm and figure out what I need to do. Because, yeah, I think if I tried to swim to the top, well, I don't know if you know anything about diving or whatever, but if... I don't, I don't. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But if you go up too fast, obviously you'd have to breathe out, so... Because um, the pressure makes your lungs kind of smaller in a way. So if you went up really Mm -hmm. fast, then your lungs would expand a lot. But also you do a slow ascent, especially when you're going deep. Because if you go too fast, then you could get something called nitrogen narcosis. That's basically Mm -hmm. where you have little bubbles of air in your blood. And if you have air in your blood, like you die. (laughs) You know this medicine stuff. (laughs) I don't need to tell you these things. But yeah, so that was a situation I think I was actually like the normal sense of the word brave. Yeah, I did know that divers need to go in pairs. And I guess like there's high probability that although you're trained and whatever, but especially if you're like a beginner, that you may panic underwater. Mm -hmm. And if you don't have your buddy there, again, you're fucked because you're just panicking underwater and there's nothing you can do. So yeah, it's very scary. Yeah. <laughs> and like, what did um, no? Because underwater, you don't hear like what you can expo- hear. Was the explosion noisy? Um, in a way, yeah, you could hear like all the bubbles kind of rapidly come out, yeah. and then you see them just like float to the top, and you're like, okay, that's what happened. Because normally you wouldn't see. Obviously, when you breathe in and out, you have a couple of bubbles, but nowhere yeah. near that amount. Yeah. Because again, that may, I, I don't know, I, my memories come back flooding <laughs> when people tell me stories. And that reminded me of a moment where I panicked. Uh, I was driving and I was like, uh, I, I hadn't been driving for a long time. And it was the first time I had people in the car with me for a long trip. And I was overtaking a lorry and one of the um, wheels burst. And it was like of the lorry. And it was like an explosion. It was a very big boom. And my car, I was overtaking it, so I took all the air from the wheel, and my car completely like started swerving oh on its own because because of the air. And I panicked, and I, if I was alone on the car, I probably would have crashed. But one of my friends just said in a very like, not panicked, a very calm voice, Mariana calm down and I went okay cool I'm calming down that was enough (laughs) but like in my head first explosion was scary then my car just started swerving without any (laughs) uh, without me expecting it but then in my head I thought that the lorry would lose um, control lose itself as well because it's a huge car and it lost a wheel but then they have like 20 wheels so one one of them tires one of the tire doesn't make any difference apparently i learned that on that day (laughs) (laughs) well you know it's a good lesson to learn and yeah i 100% would have done well like had the same reaction of like oh my god the lorry's gonna swerve into me yeah that was my my first thought and then okay cool it just it's it's very very controlled Mm. and it's pulling to the side of the road to change the tire and i'm here losing control of my car Ah! (laughs) do you have any more stories yes i do i do i have (laughs) a few um there's one that like 
it's kind of a very dumb one. It's one where I shouldn't have necessarily been brave. I should have just been smart. But um, yeah, I'm just a bit of an idiot, really. Um, so <laughs> in the best way, though. Um, so I was at acting school again, and I am sort of very anal about being on time. I was that kid who would come to class half an hour early and just like wait and like warm up and stuff. That was me because I was so worried about being late. And one class, I forgot my textbook. So although I was there half an hour early, about 15 minutes before the class, I realised, oh my gosh, I don't have my textbook. But luckily, the building that I was living in was right next door to the academy. So I quickly ran up and I got the lift up, got my textbook. But there were only two lifts in the building and I was on floor 11. So I got the book, but then everyone was getting the lift then because they were all going to task at a normal time (laughs) so then I was just like you know what like I'm not I'm just not going to be able to get the lift I'm going to have to take the stairs so even though I had 10 minutes to get there and it would take maybe three minutes to get to class I was still very anal about being at least five minutes early because there's that thing where you're an actor like if you're early you're on time if you're on time you're late if you're late it's unacceptable so um I was running down the stairs, but do you know when you're running so fast that your feet just take over? (laughs) Have you ever had that? I'm not sure. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I was just like going so fast that like my feet kind of got a mind of their own. And then I fell on my ankle and I sprained my ankle. And I was literally like, I was, I'd say it was maybe on like the fourth floor. No, I think I was on the fifth floor at this point. So I'd been down six flights of stairs and I still had five more flights. Yeah. So I hobbled down the next five flights instead of just going in. And then I hobbled up the academy stairs, but my eyes were like watering and I was like crying, just like hobbling, just like, and then like someone asked me like, Megan, are you okay? I was like, yeah, I think I just sprained my ankle. And they're like, Megan sit down like you've just sprained your ankle and I was like no I have to get to class on time and I was like hobbling (laughs) hobbling and then they got like the head of housing to come down just like Megan like do we need to take you to hospital and I was like no it's just a sprain and then like I told (laughs) this is funny so I asked him if he could come with me to the class so the teacher would know I wasn't just late I was late for a reason (laughs) so he helped me come into class and my teacher was like Megan like you can you it's fine like you've just sprained your ankle like you don't have to worry that much you can go are you sure you don't want to go to the doctors and I was like no I want to be here (laughs) such a weirdo but then um for my movement class I actually did have to go to the doctors because I needed a doctor's note which is so annoying with the American healthcare system because it costs money to go to the doctors. So I was just like, you know what, fine. Because I thought it'd be covered by insurance because I didn't realise how shitty American healthcare is. So I went and they complimented me on my feet and ankles. They were just like, (laughs) oh. (laughs) They They were like, oh, you have a lovely shape. You have like lovely shaped feet. And I was like, thank you. And then they did an x-ray and they're like, wow, you have like really strong bones. Like you should have broken your ankle, but like literally everything is torn in your ankle, but like your bone's fine. I was like, oh, thank you. And then they charged me $300 for those compliments. I was like, but then. That's why they compliment people. Literally to 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 charge them like $10 per compliment. How many more can we get out in these 15 minute sections? But then, yeah, I had the doctor's note and everything. But I didn't want to pay for crutches because they're more American healthcare. So (laughs) I went to the props department and they gave me a walking (laughs) stick. (laughs) And everyone, this is, this has happened multiple times um, when I've hurt myself because I'm quite accident prone. But they gave me a walking stick and everyone was like, oh, what scene are you doing? Like, why have you got the walking stick? What one are you preparing for? Are you like being method and practicing outside of class? And I was like, no, I sprained my ankle. They're like, no, like, stop being stupid. What what scene are you doing? Why are you walking around with a walking stick? And I was like, no, I've actually sprained my ankle. <laughs> but that happened again once. This is just a funny story. Nothing to do with bravery. So we were in stage combat. And obviously the big thing about stage combat is no one actually does combat. It's like all for like show in a way. 
So we were practicing this thing where you do like a side hook, side hook, uppercut. And we had a substitute teacher that day. And my part, I had, I had already done stage combat um, before that. And I had like a foundation level qualification because I find it fun. And I just did a short course on it. So I knew instead of going straight back when you pretend to get an uppercut, you do something called like the new shoes effect. So you quickly look down as if you're looking at your shoes and then you go back so you don't get whiplash. So I did that, but I also didn't tell my partner I was doing that. But she was getting a bit too excited. She was supposed to have quite a bit of room between you and your partner. But she took a step forward. So she went like side hook, side hook, and then she did the uppercut. And I did the new shoes effect and she took a step forward and punched me square in the face. And because it was right in the middle of my nose, that made my face swell. And then I had two massive black eyes for like <laughs> eight weeks. And then my fr- my other friend in our section, like in our class, she let me borrow her like tattoo cover-up makeup. So it would cover up. But then when it was starting to look a bit better, it didn't look great. It looked really bad still, but not as bad as it did. I just like, I was like, you know what? I can't be bothered. But then everyone would be like, oh, what scene are you doing? Like, live the mind. I'm like, no, it's genuinely real. And no one believed that my black eyes were real. I was like, no, I got them in stage combat. And also like, that's just like the silliest place to get black eyes. So everyone was like, Megan, stop being an idiot. Like, just tell us. (laughs) But yeah, they were real again. (laughs) Again, I have two stories. (laughs) One of them is that I, I, I used to sprain my ankles all the time and fall all the time in like a scarily <laughs> a huge amount of times. I don't know why it stopped. I don't sprain my ankles as often now and I don't fall as often. But somehow I'm always afraid that I will. But this one time, it again, in the first year of uni, I was getting out of my lab's uh, class, laboratory ca- class. And those classes used to like go on for way longer than they should for some reason because the teacher wasn't good and at the time we left the lab the lights from the building would be off and I was going down the stairs by myself and people were still in the lab because I I had to go to an English class actually Uh, so I had to leave the, the, the class on time and I took the stairs and fell like I don't know five steps straight into like the landing and both my feet cracked and I sprained them both. Um, again, because I can't ask for help. And because I thought it would be embarrassing to just start screaming for the people in the lab to listen to my, my colleagues, my new colleagues from <laughs> uni to listen to me. I didn't scream. I just stood up and walked to the pharmacy on my sprained ankles and got like, uh, I knew what to do with sprained ankles. So I got what I needed to get and did did all of it and went to my English class <laughs> in pain. So I understand your your stupidity, uh, Megan, because I apparently am the same brand of... <laughs> like, no, I must stupid. get to class. <laughs> Yes. I think we're just passionate about our studies, Marianne. I think that's just my conclusion. We're just really passionate. Yes. And I also got a black eye. You may have seen me around that time because we used to be together every Sunday Mm -hmm. uh, (laughs) a few years back. I had like a capoeira um, event and two things happened. One was my master kicked me, but he didn't fully kick me because... He's good, so it doesn't kick <laughs> students. I was too slow to get away, and it just like grazed my forehead. So I had a burn, like a a little burn in the sh- in in the spot where he <laughs> grazed his toe, his big toe on my forehead. But then, as another student student kicked me on like the side of the head, mm. and it my eye got black. So I had a black eye and a little what you call them? I don't know. Yeah, the mark of the burn on on top of the black eye. So it was sexy. Yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> yeah. Oh, us accident prone people. Do you have any moment in your life for, in which you haven't been brave or you haven't done something because you weren't brave or you were afraid or maybe you had just fall da- fallen down <laughs> the night before? <laughs> I think more than I can count on both my hands. Um, I think something... I think to spare some people's... Fi- I don't think this is brave. I think this is this is the thing that I can think of the most. It's me getting hurt again. So my lovely family friend, um, she's always been really good at hair and makeup because we're from Essex. Um, 
and I've always been the opposite. I've always been the sort of like one in the family that's been the least good at hair and makeup. So one day she was doing my hair and makeup and she was straightening my hair. And then she accidentally got my ear when she was straightening my hair. So she got it. I was like, oh. This was when we were like, I must have been 12 and she must have been 14 or even younger than that, actually. And then she was like, oh my God, Megan, I'm so sorry. Are you okay? Are you okay? And then again, my tears streaming down my face. I was like, yeah. I'm fine, it doesn't even hurt. She was like, no, Megan, it clearly does because your eyes are watering. I was like, no, it's so fine. I'm fine. (laughs) But clearly I wasn't. I have so many situations where I should have said something and didn't. I'm just trying to think of some more. Yeah. That just reminded me again of a story while we think. (laughs) (laughs) Because yes, I am accident prone. And I was once in... Like I was traveling with some friends in in Spain, but in part of the trip that we were doing, I was going to like a city by myself because I didn't want to go. So I went to Pamplona by myself and I stayed two nights in a hostel by myself, but like in a shared room. And on the second night, and like when I stay in hostels by myself in shared rooms, I tend to go to the top bunk because I feel like it's safer. Like if someone is going to get in and... I don't know, abuse someone, they will go to the lower bunk first. So I have time to run. That's my head. Uh, (laughs) And I like when I go down from a bunk bed, usually I now do it more carefully, but I sit on the bed and I go like the first two steps looking outside the bed. And then I turn to look towards the bed to get the last few steps. I don't know if this makes any yeah, sense. Yeah, no, that does make sense, yeah. Uh, yeah. And this was a, per- a, a higher bunk bed than usual. And when I did that turn, I lost my feet and I just fell on my back from like a high uh, height. <laughs> well, like at 6 a.m. because I was waking up early to do stuff. So everyone... And like the there were these guys that had come in like at 5 a.m. So they were just started to like slip and when I fell one of them that was in the lower bit of the bunk like woke up and asked are you okay and I like in in pain like in massive pain I was like yes 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 I'm okay (laughs) I almost couldn't breathe because when you fall you lose like your breath and he went back to sleep and I started moving and I was moving I wasn't paralyzed so I okay cool I'm okay I'm in pain I will keep doing this trip with like a backpack and my neck was hurting for the rest of the trip but I was okay I didn't get like severely hurt (laughs) I thought of some times where I should have been brave I think me when I was just in like silly like arguments with my siblings I was always kind of the one to give in the most like my siblings say I was the one in the most arguments but also I think that's because I was the middle child so there's a five-year age gap between the others so I don't think it's because I'm the worst I think it's just because they're not that close in age and also we have had the conversation where again not tooting my own trumpet I am the nicest sibling and that has been agreed like my sister's the smartest I'm the nice creative one my brother's the semi-smart sporty one and that's kind of us to a T, really. I like the semi-smart. <laughs> He's smarter than me, like, academic-wise. I'm, like, the creative smart one. And, like, yeah, just, like, I have a really good long-term memory, but my short-term memory is absolutely shit. And my sister has a really good short-term memory, so she was really good at exams. But, like, I remember, for instance, my sister was in, like, a pantomime that I wasn't in. Shock horror when I was younger. <laughs> and Well, when we were younger. And she doesn't remember any of the words. I remember all the words to the songs, even though I wasn't in it. Like, that sort of thing. (laughs) But, yeah, also, like, so here's my times that I should have stuck up for myself. So I was bullied a little bit when I was younger. And I would, I call myself a sort of drifter when I was younger because I didn't have, like, I wasn't in, like, the geeky group or the popular group or the whatever group. I kind of just drifted between groups. But I definitely wasn't popular. I just used to hang out with them sometimes. And we were organising our year 11 prom. And I was, we were talking about who's going with who. And I wanted to be popular. So I kind of got into the conversation and I was going to go with the popular kids. So there was going to be 16 of us going in the, in brackets, popular group. 
whatever that is, literally none of it matters now we're out of high school. <laughs> and then the girl whose house we were going to go to beforehand and we were going to get one of those sort of like cool party buses things to like the prom event, she booked a party bus for 15 people, even <gasps> though you could definitely book one for 16 or 18 people. And then she was like, Megan, sorry, like I've booked a party bus for 15 people. And it's already paid for, so you can't come with us. Bitch. Literally. This girl did not like me at all. She did it with a party once as well. And she invited like everyone except me. But now, who's laughing now? (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, then I just like, I feel like I wish I stood up to her and had been like, you know what? Like, that's really shit. In the end, I did actually go with her because my, I think my mum called her mum or something and was just like, your daughter's been really out of order. Now Megan has no one to go to prom with. Because she only told me this like two weeks before prom. So everyone had already sorted their arrangements. Like fair enough if she said, actually, Megan, like, can you go with someone else? Ages before. But by that point, everyone had already sorted their things. So it's just me just like, Aah. And also like some of my like best friends weren't going to prom because either they were going on holiday straight after they'd done their GCSEs and stuff. And I wish I'd like had the courage to say to her, you know what, like that's actually a really shit thing to do to someone, to leave them hanging just because you may find them a little bit annoying. Like this is like the final night some of us may celebrate together and you want to kick me out. Like I am still friends with quite a few of the people in the group, not necessarily you, but that's a really shitty thing to do. So that's a time I wish I'd been more confident and had more courage. Yeah, I feel like courage is related to confidence a little bit sometimes. So, mm. yeah, that's true. Uh, we don't really have, like, the tradition of prom in Portugal. And we had, like, end-of-year dances, but without all the stakes that <laughs> you see in, like, uh, movie proms. And I'm now in your situation. <laughs> there were stakes as well. Popular people and not... Po- yeah. Well, we don't either. Our year just decided we want to have a prom from all the movies and American movies we saw. Yeah. So we all organized it as a year. And like some teachers did come as well to like supervise, but we had it mainly because we wanted to have it, I think. That's cool. <laughs> <laughs> like I've... Uh, s- teacher supervising reminded me that we used to... My my club... My... my my year not like other classes wouldn't do that other years wouldn't do that and we were the weird ones when we went in like end of year trips we went to like spain once actually spain twice we didn't go anywhere else but spain because spain is close and cheaper we also went within portugal but yeah every time we went we took teachers with us to chaperone and apparently no one else did. But in one of the years, like, our teachers were odd. <laughs> and this one wasn't, like, an end-of-year trip. We went to... Maybe it was... I can't remember what the occasion was, but we went to Lisbon and we stayed in, like, these bungalows. And one morning, I was sharing the room and the bed with my best friend in a bungalow with other, like, three girls. <laughs> and the teachers just came to wake us up, which is, like, completely out of the thing and that like they knocked on on the outside door of the bungalow but once we opened the door they just like were walking everywhere (laughs) and my my friend is a very heavy sleeper and a very like she doesn't like waking up in the morning so she was still in bed and they went to wake her up and one of them this is like crazy it's probably will be a crime now (laughs) he went inside the room and started waking up her up by beating her with a pillow (laughs) and that's like crazy (laughs) and she was just like waking up and what the fuck (laughs) why is this happening what's happening what a horrible thing to wake up from you must have been like am i seeing a dream like my teacher would never do this my teacher would never wake me up by whacking me with a pillow that was a very very odd teacher yeah uh yeah (laughs) is there anything coming up in your life that will require you to be brave yes so next year I am going to do my first one-woman show, hopefully. (gasps) If things are open again, we will see. But yeah, it's going to be the first thing that I've done just by myself. And I've tried to save money by doing as many things as I can. But I'm still asking for help. Bravery, bravery. I need to be brave and ask for help. Yes. So I think I'm definitely going to need bravery when it comes to that. Also, so technically... 
well, I've already lived by myself, but I'm living in my family house at the moment. But next year, I'm hoping to move out. So I guess that needs a bit of bravery. What else do I need to be brave for next year? I'm hoping to find a new agent next year. So um, that takes a lot of bravery, I guess, because it's kind of a lot of reaching out, being brave and having the courage to like invite people to see your work and yeah. putting yourself out there for everyone to see. Just like, hi, this is me. This is who I am. It's okay if you don't like me, but this is me. If you do, let me know and we can work together, hopefully. <laughs> is your show your one-woman uh, show? Are you taking it to Edinburgh? Is that uh, the idea? Um, so If Edinburgh happens. <laughs> I mean, that is the thing at the moment. Like, Because yeah. obviously you need to get the funding for Edinburgh. You need to do all that stuff. Yeah. And it's going to be hard to know until we know what the fuck is happening. Yeah. So either I'm going to do it. I said... I've made a challenge for myself. I need to do it at least once next year is what I've said. Mm. In an ideal world, before pre-COVID, I've been planning this show all year, um, even before COVID happened. But I was hoping yeah. to submit to Vaults Festival and then do it as a preview there and then go to Edinburgh. But I think, yeah, I just want to do it at least once, even if it's just like yeah. a tiny festival, even if I rent out a venue by myself and I just do it there. Yeah. And then... I think that's that's a great option to yeah. <laughs> do a venue by yourself. I, I think Vaults is not happening yeah. in 2021. Yeah, so. that's what I heard. So I think if I do it at least once, I'll be happy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm not going to put pressure on myself just because we don't know what the fuck's happening. Yeah. And is it the same one woman show you were thinking about when we were doing things on Sundays? <laughs> Maybe. I mean, I have a lot of different um, ideas of one woman shows, but this one, so... I don't know if I want to ruin it. Um, it's called, the working title is 100 Special Skills. So this last year I've been learning, been trying to get my skills like up to 100 special skills that you would mm -hmm. put on your resume. But that's yeah. just the subplot. So. Okay. That's, you don't need to yeah. ruin it. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's the subplot. So it's not actually about that. But throughout the show, it will be one hour long. Um, and I will do a hundred special skills in that hour, but that's just a subplot. And we we know now, just like trying to sell the show to people, we now know that you are prone to accidents. Uh, yeah, exactly. So you know, it's really good putting a time frame on that. That's less. That's basically two skills a minute, and I'm accident prone. So you know, yeah, come see the show, see what it's actually about. Yeah, and and see how 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 many bones uh, <laughs> Megan breaks uh, throughout the show. Yeah, exactly. The skills are breaking one bone per skill, <laughs> and then you know, yeah, it'll be great. I will just have like a hundred and fifty-six bones left by the end. We have like <laughs> how many bones do we have? Is it like two hundred fifty-six? Did I make that up? Probably. I don't know. <laughs> well, I'll be breaking a lot of them, but it won't be all of them. You'll have to guess and what ones. You'll be brave enough to keep going exactly. even with broken bones. So I mean, I've know, done it it's... with sprained ankles. What's the difference yeah. in bones? Not much. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's, uh, it's also a dark comedy though. So yeah, it is funny. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, let us know when it's out and I will plug it in the podcast if the podcast is still running. Oh my God, thank <laughs> you so much, Mariana. Is there anyone, real or fictional, a public figure or just someone from your life that you will use as an example of bravery? Ooh, good question. I think this is one of my favorite questions because <laughs> the first thought sometimes people get on their heads is... Uh, Fun. <laughs> I mean, I was going to say my mum, but that's quite cringy. Just because, like, my dad lived in Japan and she brought up us three kids pretty much on her own. So that's quite brave going from... And also, like, she had a really good job. Her and my dad both had really good jobs and she gave up her job to move to Japan with my dad. And then they got a divorce and then she was like, when we moved back to England, but my dad stayed in Japan, she was just like, you know what? I I love my old job that I used to have, but I don't want to do it anymore because the hours are like crazy. She used to be like a journalist and the hours were like from 2 p.m. to 2 a.m. And she was like, that's not really a life I want. So she just had so many different career paths and to have the courage to just change your career path so late in your life. Well, she's not that old, but you know, like in your like <laughs> 40s yeah. and 50s, like numerous times as well. 
So she was a journalist and then she had a couple of other jobs and then she worked for an all-female private detective agency. Ooh, that's exciting. Yeah, but they didn't do like crime scenes. They did like finding people who have gone missing and stuff, Mm -hmm. like husbands who have disappeared and stuff. And then she is now, she now works at a vet's. So very different career paths, but she loves animals and she loves the job that she has now. Yeah. Cool. So we're at the end of the podcast. So the last thing I, I'll ask you is if you have any plugs. Ooh, plugs. Um, feel free to follow me on Instagram. I'm Megan Harris took the on off because my normal name is Megan Harrison, but someone has that name in equity. So I had to change it to Megan Harris. So I literally took the on off my name. And I haven't got any TikToks yet, but I'm probably going to start them. So feel free to join and follow me on TikTok. Same name, Megan Harris took the on off. And there may be things there by the time you listen to this. Thank you so much for (laughs) accepting to be a guest on my podcast. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for listening. You can follow me at at Beats on Twitter and Instagram for all dowdy updates. As all podcasts will tell you, all rates and reviews will be super welcome. And do share the podcast with your friends or on your socials. Hashtag DowdyPod. I would also like to know your pics of people who, to you, are examples of bravery. Share them on your reviews or tweet them at me. Huge, huge thank you to Champagne for the podcast jingle and a bunch of other things that are podcast related. If you've enjoyed listening to Dowdy, have some spare to give, and would like to support me and help me improve on my tech and skills, all tips are welcome through PayPal and Coffee on at Mariana's Beats. I've been Mariana Feijó. Until next week.